Welcome to the LSAT Habits Podcast, where in each episode we present key habits you can master to study smarter, save time, and raise your LSAT score. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. In my five plus years of teaching the LSAT, anticipating is one of the habits that I extol the most. This is one of the most important episodes you can listen to, and frankly, one of the most important habits you can cultivate. Anticipating the answer before you look at the answer choices. Unfortunately, many students think it's not doable. They think they're not good at it, or they worry it takes too much time. I'm going to address these misconceptions and explain how you can properly anticipate. Now, you might be skeptical as you're listening to this, so let me share a bit of my theory I have on why students um, just have these misconceptions on anticipating or give up on it, even if they're taught it. So, if you take a standard course, even a really, really good course, there's a lot of material to cover. So sometimes the instructors are going to teach anticipating in the beginning. But with so much to cover, they don't check to make sure you're doing it properly. Again, I believe anticipating is one of the most effective practices that's out there. But first, learning how to do it is not so simple. Let me explain a little better. It's simple, but it's not that simple. And so with all the material for instructors to cover and all the material you've got to absorb, people just let it fall by the wayside. So again, let's address how to do it properly so you can get the most out of your LSAT performance. Fact. The correct answer on the LSAT is written in a distorted way to throw off what you're doing. Now, there are four wrong answer choices, but at least one is written as a decoy to lead you in the wrong direction. The test writers on the LSAT do this on some level for every question. It's just a matter of how much. So think about it. If you don't take an extra step and think about what you're looking for, anticipate, then how are you going to navigate these manipulatively worded answer choices? How do you find something if you don't know what you're looking for? Now, let me, let me just make one disclaimer. What I'm saying about the way they word answer choices and you purposely anticipating, this applies practically to reading comp and logical reasoning. Reading comp and logical reasoning. This is not to say that it doesn't apply to games, um, but with games, you uh, don't have to make this such an active effort to anticipate for a number of reasons. If you think about games, um, obviously they're quite challenging, but if you do everything right up front, when you get to the answer choices, in some ways it's kind of like math where 
the answer is pretty concrete. Uh, oh, hey, you know, Q is in group three, or uh, player J is fourth, or, you know, it, it's pretty clear. And so they can't really word the answer choices in a manipulative way, the way that they do that in LR and reading comp. Again, LR and reading comp, logical reasoning and reading comprehension, the answer choices, the way they word them, gives the test makers such gray area to play with. So they really manipulate them in ways to throw them off. The slightest change in a word can totally throw off the meaning of an answer choice. But that's why you need to anticipate to get clear on what you're looking for. I would even argue in games, it's almost automatic that you anticipate because you do all that work up front. Not so much in LR and RC. I think a lot of people you know, kind of skimp on thinking about it up front. And as a result, when they go into the answer choices, they aren't as prepared. So again, this active uh, cultivating of the habit of anticipating applies largely to logical reasoning and reading comprehension. Games, it's almost done automatically in some ways. So just wanted to make that disclaimer. Now, on to how to anticipate properly. Again, for LR and RC. Let me emphasize this. Always anticipate on at least some level before looking at answer choices. Let's define anticipating a little more practically. Basically, pretend you don't have the answer choices below and think about what you're looking for to answer the question. Now, you may have heard other terms such as predicting or prephrasing they're trying to get at the same concept. You want to think of the answer. And this is very important. Maybe if you can't think of the answer, traits, something, something. Get a sense of what you're looking for before you look at the answer choices. Because as I said earlier, they're not writing those answer choices to do you any favors. So you want to get clear on your standards of what you want an answer before you get into those slickly worded answer choices. So let's get into the practicality of this. Sure, your anticipation could be something specific and concrete. Sometimes you can come up with a number of potential quote-unquote answers. But the anticipation doesn't always have to be specific and concrete. Now, there are many times where you cannot think of a specific anticipation. That's okay. But take it as far as you can. And let me amend that. When I say you can't think of a specific anticipation, the key word is specific. Right? Like, you could still anticipate, but maybe you can't think of this nice, simple, specific concrete, clear, singular answer, but you can still think of um, characteristics, traits that you would want in answer choice. That's still anticipating. I really want to emphasize this. Just because you can't think of something specific that you're looking for, like I want X, or I want you know a single word or a single idea, that doesn't mean you can't anticipate. We're dealing with very abstract, complex ideas in LR and reading comp. And so 
it's not reasonable for you to always think of a specific nice neat answer you can instead in those cases and I would even argue this is probably the majority of the time think of characteristics traits features that you would want in an answer so again just because you can't think of a specific single answer if you will doesn't mean you can't think of characteristics traits features that you would want in an answer the bottom line Take it as far as you reasonably can. If in some questions you could think of a nice specific answer, cool. If in others you can't, okay, that doesn't mean you can't anticipate. Again, what characteristics do I want? What features do I want? What traits? So always anticipate on some level. At least try, even if it's just those characteristics. Make the effort because even the process itself is going to put you in a much stronger place to know what you're looking for and save time when you get into the answer choices. I would argue, you want to do this for LR and RC, but I want to specifically point out something with LR. Um, the way that they word the stimulus is not exactly fun and easy, and these are really con complex concepts. So if you anticipate and force yourself Think about what you're looking for before you get into those answer choices. That forces you to really read through and, and focus on the stimulus uh, and be really tough on it. Push yourself. And that's going to be valuable when you get into those answer choices. So it really, because I'm not relying on the answer choices, it can really force me to properly digest, process the stimulus. But again, this applies just as much to reading comp as it does to LR. Um, now, the two biggest misconceptions students have, again, is that they need to think of something specific. That's one misconception. And the other is that it takes too much time. I kind of already addressed the first misconception that you need to think of something specific. But let me reiterate this because it's really important and I don't want you to give up. A lot of students give up because they think it has to be a specific anticipation. It doesn't have to be specific. In fact, these ideas can be so abstract, as I was saying before, more often than not, you can't think of something specific or a concrete idea before looking at the answer choices. So if you, if you can think of something specific, if you can, great. Let's just stay on that for a second. If you can, if you can indeed think of something specific, fine. But be flexible because the odds of the answer being the exact wording of your anticipation are pretty slim be open to paraphrases of your anticipation or maybe slightly different answer choices that achieve the same objective um, I've had students tell me sometimes they miss out on picking something because they've got this sort of tunnel vision when they do anticipate if you could think of something specific cool just be flexible. Sort of take it with a grain of salt. What I often do is right, I put like a mental asterisk on it. And I think to myself, okay, it's going to be this thing I'm predicting. And this phrase is important. Or something like it. Or, or maybe it's or this thing I'm predicting or an answer that does something similar. Because as I always tell my students, we're not mind readers. right? We're not going to think of the exact wording and how they're going to phrase it. There's more than one way to phrase something. So if you could think of something specific, cool, just be flexible with it. A lot of the time, however, 
the answer choice might be something broader or just not lend itself to something you could think of specifically. So instead of being tied to a specific concrete idea, target characteristics, as I said before, or traits or features that you'd want to see in a correct answer choice. Maybe instead of X, right, X being something specific, I want an answer choice that has characteristics X, Y, and Z. Or I need an answer that maybe addresses this part of the stimulus or this part of the passage. Maybe I need an answer that's going to tie certain ideas together that are in the stimulus or the passage. I may not be able to think of exactly what it is, but because I know what I need to do, I'll be better able to identify the correct answer when I see it in the answer choices. Think of this as kind of like, like targeting. That's another word I've been using recently. Sometimes, you know, I can have a, a narrow target and think of a specific answer I'm looking for or specific answers. Cool. But sometimes I have a broader target. I think, okay, well, I'm not sure. It could be a number of things, but I need to have these characteristics or I need to do this. Right again, narrow target, broader target. You're still targeting. And again, the reason you're doing this is because they are manipulatively wording the answer choices to send you in the wrong direction. But you got to think about what you're looking for beforehand because if you don't, then you're susceptible to whatever game they're playing and the way they word the answer choices. And they're going to take you on a ride for it, right? But if you're clear on what you're looking for, then you're in a more powerful position by which you can judge the answer choices. You now have standards to judge the answer choices by, so you can be a tougher customer. Now, the next issue is time. Students are understandably concerned about time, so they rush. But when they get into the answer choices, they're not prepared as a consequence. They shortchange themselves. But think about the times when you do anticipate. Think about the times, even if you're not trying to, when you happen to know the answer before you look at the answer choices. In those times, you're able to move through the answer choices much quicker. Now, I'm not saying you should rush or go too fast, um, but when you've anticipated before you get into the answer choices, you're better equipped to assess answer choices, and that saves time. Again, when you've anticipated, when you go into the answer choices after you've anticipated, it's easier for you to identify answer choices you like, eliminate ones you don't. And of course, there are going to be some answer choices you're unsure of, but whether you like an answer choice, dislike it, or you're unsure of an answer, you can make those assessments much quicker when you anticipate. Um, so, you know, I often use the analogy of shopping when I'm explaining this to students. Uh, think about it kind of like if you ever bought a car, if you ever shopped around for a car, right? Like, maybe I know the exact model I want, and I have a general sense of like, okay, it's going to cost me this number of dollars, give or take. Cool. I know the exact model, I know all the trims, I know all the features I want, I know how much I want to pay. If I go to a dealer and they're trying to charge me three or four grand more, I'm walking out of there. Just like if I get to an answer choice and I've already anticipated up front, if I see an answer choice just way off, I can, I can just move past it quicker. So a little bit of time up front, just like if you're buying a car, right? If you do a little bit of research up front, I need 
these features. These are the features I want. These are the features I won't settle for not having. These are the features I might like. And this is the price I'm looking for. It's very much like anticipating. You have dealers that might give you something close. Okay, I'll consider them. You have dealers that give you something way far off. Okay, I'm walking out of there. Maybe you have a dealer that'll get you in that range for the car you want. Cool, right? But think about what that does. I'm investing some time up front. I'm more likely to get the deal I want, right? The car I want at the price I want, AKA the correct answer in this analogy. And I'm able to do it quicker, right? If I see a dealer that's giving me some weird sales pitch and things sound really great, but it doesn't add up and I'm going to be paying way more, I get out of there. Just like if I see an answer choice, it looks really good, very tempting. But if it doesn't match what I'm looking for, I can get out of there. By investing a little bit of time up front to think about what you're looking for, you're a much tougher customer. You save time and you're way more effective. Am I comparing... Uh, LSAT test questions to, um, to, to used car salespeople. I guess I kind of am. But the principle is similar. It makes you a tougher customer because you're clear on what you're looking for. And again, right, just, let me just stay on this analogy just for one moment longer. If I'm uh, you know, looking for a specific model of car with these exact features, great. That's kind of like I'm looking for a specific answer choice. Now, I'm still going to be flexible, right? Because the wording might be slightly off. It's never going to be perfect. Just like, oh, do you want, will it be to the exact dollar I want to pay for this car? You know, probably not, right? I'm being flexible. But that's right. Maybe I want this exact car, this exact model, these exact trims. Maybe I have a broader, right, thing I'm looking for. Well, I'd like a sedan. Got to be four doors. Hey, it'd be nice if it's a hybrid or it's nice if it's electric. Uh, or, hey, you know, I want these many um, features, right? Or I, I'm not, as long as it's a sedan, as long as it's got at least one trim higher, gee, I would really love for it to have these features. It could be this company, it could be that company, right? Like, but still, right, I'm still anticipating it doesn't necessarily have to be Honda. It doesn't necessarily have to be Chevy, but it has to be a sedan, and it has to be one trim up, and I need this type of seating. I need leather, or I need blah, blah, blah. Either way, I'm still anticipating, right? Like, whether it's the exact model of car, or if it's the type of car, or if it's the price range. I need it to be X amount of dollars, and I won't pay a dollar more. I'm still anticipating. It's just by how much, right? So again, maybe I want a narrow target. Maybe I want a broader target. Either way, I'm investing a little bit of time up front, and I am saving time in the long run, and I'm more likely to get the car I want or the product I want or the answer choice I want. And that comes to this other idea that broader something you want to think about as you're preparing for the LSAT. Don't shortchange yourself. A lot of time, investing time up front. Investing, I'm using that word in particular. Investing time up front will save you time in the long run. You're going to hear me discuss that as we talk about other habits in these episodes. But I want to emphasize that definitely applies here. Taking a moment to think about what you're looking for. It might just be a few seconds. It might just be five seconds. Just to get clear on what I'm looking for will allow me to save time and be more accurate. I'll move through the answer choices much quicker. I'll have a better sense of what I'm looking for. And I am far less likely 
to fall for these attractively worded but incorrect answer choices that they are purposely putting there. So, again, super important. The two biggest misconceptions, this concern about time, right? Again, you're going to save time. And, oh, can I anticipate? Just be flexible. Again, maybe I could think of some exact thing, right? I want, I want an answer choice that says X or something like it. Cool, just be flexible. On the other hand, maybe for certain questions, a lot of them, frankly, you can't think of something specific. It's just a, more complex than that. But you can think of traits, characteristics that is still anticipating. That is still anticipating. Just like I said with the car thing, right? Gee, I, does it have to be a Honda? Could it be a Hyundai? Could it be a Chevy? Could it be a Ford? Maybe, right? But I, I need it to be a sedan. I needed to have these features. I needed to have leather seats. I needed to have a sunroof. But I don't want all those other extra features, right? I'm still anticipating. I'm narrowing my search. I'm broadening my search. I'm getting clear on my search. Another way to think of it, right? It's kind of like you know, we're in the age of Google, right? When you filter through your searches, right, the more specific you can get. Sometimes, sometimes you can only get so specific, right? But you want to be able to filter through your searches. You want to do a little bit of work up front so you can filter through your answer choices. I want to leave you with one other point. I like the word anticipate. And I think it's important to call it that for a reason. I've always sort of had this hands-off attitude, if you want to call it predict, prephrase. Cool, I just want you to do it. I feel that way, but I also have a duty to um, make sure I'm, I'm giving you the best information. I prefer anticipate because when I hear predict or prephrase, I mean, on the one hand, right, it kind of gets at the idea. I'm going to think about what the answer is before I get into the answer choices. But I've noticed that when we hear predict or prephrase and um, it often gives the idea that I need to think of something specific or that I'm sort of straight-jacketed and I've got this tunnel vision into think of something specific. Remember what I was saying before. If you could think of something specific, great, but I would argue a good chunk of the time you can. It's just sometimes I can, but a lot of times I can't for certain questions. So I don't want you to feel limited to that. Now, if you want to think of it as predictor prephrase and you know that you don't have to be limited to only thinking of specific answers, and that you could instead think of, okay, if I can't think of a specific answer, can I anticipate a um, characteristics I'd want, traits I'd want? Cool. I feel like the word anticipate kind of lends itself better to that. That's why I like that word. That's why I teach it to my students. The other thing I'd say, like, if it's helpful to you, and I want one, I don't care as long as we find what's helpful to you. Another word that I like, and I kind of alluded to it before, is targeting. I want to target before I get into my answer choices. Maybe I've got a very narrow target. Maybe I've got a wider target. Targeting, anticipate, either way, whatever you want to call it, as long as you're doing it properly, this is one of the most important habits you can cultivate. It will save you time, and it will make you much more effective. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe to the LSAT Habits Podcast and share these episodes with friends. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's JDLSAT.com. That's JDLSAT.com.